State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in the 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Come on in, come on in. Oh, I have a fun episode for y'all today. So this is kind of different for me. I've got my girls, Samantha Wilson and Angela Chin, that are joining me on today's podcast. And they're actually my producers of this podcast, of checking in. They're always behind the scenes. But what happens is after every podcast, we end up sometimes talking post-podcast recording for 30 minutes or more on an episode just talking about it, just having fun or giving our perspective. Sometimes tears flow or sometimes we find ourselves, you know, something might make you sad, you cry or you laugh or so I'm just excited. We're just going to do a little girl talk. Of course, it turns into all things relationships. So I hope that this is the first of many episodes that I do with Samantha and Angela. So y'all come on in to this. It's just, just conversation, y'all. It, it wasn't even planned, but here goes. I'm recording right now. What y'all been doing this summer? What y'all been up to? <laughs> Ooh, what y'all been doing? Angela, I know you've been working. Sim, you've been working. Anybody been traveling? Anybody been booed up? No, no. And no, no. When it comes to that, all I see on TikTok everything is cats and middle-aged women, and not even middle-aged women, women as young as in their 20s, talking about how it's just done with men. You know, they talk about, men talk about like, oh, what are you going to bring to the table? Women are really reversing that and saying, we're not even going to go to the table. We're not even going to show up to the table oh, wow. because we're not we're trying to understand with this rise in this kind of neo patriarchy that's coming through and pushing back on women finding their power and really kind of like there's podcasts on it where men, you know, groups of men of all color come together and just talk about how they're just done with women and women are blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not trying to man bash. But women are only doing this because we're trying to find our equal footing. We're not trying to be better than men. We're trying to get to the same level as men. You know, it's that equality. It's a talk of the equality. Mm. 
First of all, let me, I got to do a proper introduction. This is what we do, guys. Y'all, we've been talking, keep it real, we was waiting on the guest. But anywho, uh, my girl Samantha and Angela, they are producers of my podcast, Checking In, as well as other amazing things that they're doing in the world of entertainment television and radio they're just not producers of checking in they are doing their own thing and so we're always talking about men then samantha dropped a bomb on me today she says she don't like donuts so i'm thinking of getting another producer i'm getting fired over yes 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 yes. but angela i promise you i had this discussion the other day with someone this is whole conversation about modern women and it's irritating men because women, let me, let me first say this. Women are going to keep making money. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep getting jobs. We're going to keep running for office. We're going to keep making six and seven figures. Deal with it. I feel like a lot of the modern women conversation from men comes from insecurity or men they grew up with the ambition of let me make a lot of money. And when you have that ambition for men, you feel like, okay, with this money, I'm going to get the house, the car that I want, and this pretty woman that I want. Okay. But women like us who are doing our own thing, we look at a man with money and say, you got to come with more than your money. How -hmm. are you going to handle my heart? How are you going to handle us spiritually? Do you pray? When I got my own, I ain't looking at you for yours. We can bring it together and do amazing things. But I, I think they feel like we should just bow to them because they're coming to the table with money. And it's like, no, bro, the girls on this call, we coming to the table too. Right. Yes. And you know what I've been realizing in my experience too? I've always been attracted to like, men who have a lot going on. And it might be because of my dad. Mm. I remember my therapist said that once because my dad was always working, always working. So I always tend to attract to men who have like these crazy work schedules who almost barely have time for me, but I am understanding to their schedules. I work around what they got to do. And on the flip side, when I'm busy and I got my work schedule going on and I got a lot of things to do, they're not as understanding. And I don't know if that's like a subconscious thing of them just thinking that like, that's just not my place in the relationship No, for me to be the busy one and for them to make time for me. And it's interesting because what Angela was talking about, how she sees all the memes about like, oh, we're not coming to the table. But on my feed, I see a lot of women talking about I am the table. (laughs) Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. 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 I'm the table. I'm the legs on the table. I'm that marble on the table, child. I'm the The chair. chair. The meal on the table. And that's the thing, because it's like, I feel like, I guess women are probably just more in tune with being able to be, and I guess the modern day woman, I should say, is more in tune with being able to be a go-getter, but also still have that nurturing personality and be able to bring things that a woman can bring to a relationship. You got to leave. I mean, I understand when I hear men say, it's okay to be a boss outside the home, but don't bring that in the home. Right. I don't know if it could be hard, but I think a woman dominates in the home if she feels like, or she dominates in the relationship if she don't trust that the man can do it. 
Or if she's always led, she just needs to let the man lead. And I know this can sound very old fashioned. No, I, I know agree, I though. sang a song in the group and we sang Independent Women Child. But I'm I am ready for you to carry the bags. Yes, please <laughs> carry. I'm 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 definitely ready for you. If you want to pay the bills, I'm ready for you to do that too. But it's like everybody's fed up, Angela. Yeah, it's like I was saying how just uh, on the TikTok feed, it's women questioning why should they even get married. At this point, there's a lot of women who don't even want to get married or have kids because when it happens, there's this kind of feeling of indenture is servitude. It's like when you get married that you're going to have to take care of not only the children, but now a husband, a household, the schedule. It's like, you know, I get what you're saying, Michelle, in terms of like women having to soften. I do believe in that both parties need to kind of soften when Mm -hmm. both parties have been the boss of their whole lives up until that point. But like when there's a household and children and chores and everything, I'm not saying all men do this. My brother is the kind of person where he does a lot of the cooking. He does the shopping. He's so good at helping to raise Mm. and keep the children busy with activities, driving them back and forth and doing all that. But a lot of the times, you know, because and I was in a situation like that where all of a sudden it was all on me and I was slapped in the face with it. I'm like, is this what it's going to be like? Because I want to get out of here. And it didn't last because of that. I'm like, I don't want to have to be responsible for the household and the food and the cooking and my child and doing everything for my kid. And I think the reality is a lot of women who are my age in their early 50s who have been divorced now in question what it was all for. Mm. And there's a lot of younger women who are seeing a lot of this and, you know, afraid that this is what their situation is going to be. Okay, first of all, Angela. You're in your 50s. <laughs> I'm not about to play with you. <laughs> Come on, you are serving face okay. on the Zoom call. The pandemic gave me like uh, the pandemic 20. So I have like the natural face filler in my face, you know? So she's definitely know, giving collagen and no wrinkles. Right. As soon as I lose weight, I'm going to have to get filler and like my Botox. Everything will have to be done up. I'll have to, you know, I have to. Get that extra side hustle job to, to make that money for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Going back to what you said, though, on a more serious note, I feel like I'm almost stuck in the middle because I'm like the child of an immigrant family. My parents are older. I'm the baby of the family. So like what I know to be a good wife is take care of the cleaning, the cooking, the children and all that stuff. But I also am a millennial and I'm very into my career and being ambitious and pushing the envelope and going with like, you know, I want to charter untrailed territory, but it's like, how do you find the medium? Because they're both really important to me. I know that in this very moment, there's no way I would have the time to do my whole work schedule and cook every single day. My mom cooks every single day maybe even twice a day. And she still goes to work, but she's also in a house of adults. So when she feels like I'm not cooking today, y'all on your own. And even then she still feels obligated. Like if she decides not to cook, she'll be like, oh, I'm not cooking, but I'll leave my bank card. If you guys want to buy food, I'm moving in. It's good for too. That's the best part. But yeah, she'll, we're all grown. We all have our own jobs, but she'll still feel the need to leave her bank card 
because it's like it's her job as the woman of the family to make sure her family is fed. And is that based off of a traditional role, which is men work, women clean, nurture, raise the kids, cook? Yeah, they're from a different country and a different era. I'm talking about my grandmother had she had six kids, but I think she was pregnant like eight Mm -hmm. times. She worked full time, but still took care of the household like God bless the dead. My grandfather, I'm sure, was great in other ways, but he wasn't taking care of things the way he should have. And she did it all. And that's what my mom saw. So when I grow up in this household, seeing the same thing and my parents have a good balance. But so did your therapist say when she said that that's why you're attracting the men you are? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Because there are men who are working or doing their thing who are, they're ready to be emotionally available. They're ready. Right. And then you have that man who is doing everything ambitious and is not emotionally available at all. So is it just like, okay, well, let me get somebody who's doing what I'm doing. We're both killing it, but we're, we're ready. And do you think you're ready, child? That's two questions. <laughs> you know what? I personally feel like I'm ready because like I said, I was going to therapy. I did the work. I feel like I faced my insecurities and where I go wrong in relationships. And I was just thinking about this the other day because when I was younger, I used to be so validated by whether a guy that I liked liked me back or mm. whether our situation worked out. Mm. When things didn't work, I would say, well, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? But now it's getting to a point of in my mature stage, being able to accept that it didn't work out and that it's not because there's something wrong with me. I can still take accountability for what I might have done wrong, but there's nothing wrong with me. And then I think after making that realization, I am a lot more ready for relationships. But what my therapist was saying was that I think she was not saying it in a negative way, but I think the way that I was doing it was negative. So it was more so like she was just trying to make me conscious of my decisions so that I can make better decisions. She asked me about my relationship with my dad. I'm like, my dad is great. He's a really loving person. I have no doubt that my dad loves me, but you know, he was out a lot when we were younger. He worked a lot. He wanted to make sure he could provide a certain life for his family. And as a child, You didn't really understand that part because Mm. when you have a school concert or a graduation or something, of course, you love the daddy to be there. But he's not. But when you get older, then you could look at it in retrospect and understand what he was doing and appreciate what he was doing. But at the time, as a child, you may have felt that loss a little bit. That's what she was saying was how I probably choose men. But she was saying I choose men who don't prioritize Mm. me. And it could be a certain level of trauma that I just never acknowledged. Did you find yourself working like for your dad's approval or attention? I feel like I was always like the golden kid. And it's maybe not until this very moment or in therapy that it would make me think that I was doing it for his attention. But I was really like I always worked really hard in school and I always wanted to be that you know, the kid that everybody was proud of. Mm -hmm. So um, that could be an extension of it. But like I said, I don't really feel like I was really neglected by my dad Mm -hmm. or that I needed more attention from him. It was just like in certain moments Mm -hmm. where it was just like, oh, he can't make it. Oh, man, daddy never gets to come. But on a day to day basis, it was like, I know my dad loves me. Oh, that's good. Well, there's that Mago theory, right? 
that in relationships, we choose the parent who represents the one that we would like to repair the most. Hmm. So in my early years, I would pick men like my dad. He was violent. You know, he was very abusive to my mom and all that. So it was like just meeting someone you couldn't tell. But then after, you know, you would get months in deeper, it would reveal themselves. And so for a long time, that's what I was dating over and over and over. And then it was interesting because it was doing a shoot when I was working for E and we were working on an original specials. And it was like a, a celebrity dating kind of show that kind of recounted who they dated. And it was about Halle Berry. And I was at Dr. Drew's house. And he was talking about how the psychological impact of like those things and like uh, his kind of point of view, of like why she had those tumultuous relationships in the beginning. And then when I was interviewing, I was kind of asking for about myself and stuff too. He stopped down camera. He's like, look, he's like, you know, that guy that when you meet, when you get that big zing, I said, yes. He said, don't go for that guy. He says, there's something on a subconscious level that is looking for that imago theory type of thing where you're looking for to heal that parent that has that really bad kind of thing that you want to try to repair indirectly subconsciously and so i kind of took to heart what he said and then the funny thing was the person that i picked after that ended up being my mom who like she wasn't necessarily outwardly as bad with some of the things my dad did but then it was like the controlling a little bit of the, the manipulation and like the lying. Mm. And so I was like, oh, this is fun. So it was so interesting how those things kind of do play out in a lot of ways. So it's like speaking earlier to what I said so that people don't leave comments on Michelle's um, Instagram or whatever saying, that girl is just messed up. She's mm. It's really finding someone because I have had what I consider successful relationships in that, you know, making sure that when the man does come to the table, whatever, that you're very clear in the beginning of like, I'm not cleaning your house. I'm not cooking all your meals. I don't have time for all that. But when I can and when I want to, absolutely will. You know what I mean? Like we'll both participate in each other's lives and stuff. And like then that, those kind of experiences early on helped me learn to like express the needs that I have. Now it goes against the grain. There are women who are naturals. I feel like we all have friends like that, who like women are just like, they're very natural and organic with when they find their, their mates mm -hmm. or the men that they date and they're great guys and they have good relationships. So for me, it's not like that. I think it becomes that family of origin and that undercurrent of hurt that's there when you're a child that then expresses itself in adulthoods and especially in romantic relationships. So I, it goes against the grain that I have to be very methodical and aware if I do engage into another relationship and stuff. Wow. I have to say all that. It's pain in the butt because it's, it's not very romantic. It's not very organic, but it's something that I have to here to put out there. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. 
like will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for the drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan. Because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA Fuel Economy Estimates. 30 City MPG. 37 Highway MPG. 33 Combined MPG for Rogue S and SV Front Wheel Drive. 28 City MPG. 35 Highway MPG. 31 Combined MPG for Rogue S and SV All Wheel Drive. 29 City MPG. 36 Highway MPG. 32 Combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum Front Wheel Drive. 28 City MPG. 34 Highway MPG. 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all-wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Do you feel like we should be healed of our parent-child relationship before we get into a romantic relationship with anybody? Or acceptance? Yeah, because I don't think it's ever 100%. Just like addiction. People think like, oh, I am completely free of my addiction. I don't think everyone, anyone's, if they've ever had like an addiction, you're ever 100% free. I think it transfers and I think it's managed. Mm. 
So same with like childhood issues. I feel like childhood issues are a constant kind of thing where, you know, hopefully you go through, if you have like had really terrible moments and blah, 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 and trauma, which a lot of people have had, you go to that therapist, you do your couple intense years of like weekly, let's work this out and go through the fire, walk through the pain for a while. And then there's the maintenance and then being able to recognize this is a trigger or like seeing your old little habits come through. And then sometimes it presents itself in anxiety or depression or even like physical manifestations. Right. So like uh, my body in the past would show up with hives because I'd be like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to even recognize that I'm doing my life. I'm working. I'm busy. But then like, you know, like something like that would come through and be like, hello, like knock, knock, knock. We're going to make sure that you address this because if you don't, we're going to come out whether you like it or not type of thing. So for me, it's that. It's this constant management. And if you kind of get in front of it through journaling, through listening to these kind of podcasts, through constantly recognizing, I think you can have a life of more peace Mm. than as a child. Okay. I want to go back to something you said, Dr. Drew saying that, Don't go for the person that gives you the butterflies or the, woo. Okay. So what if you're not attracted to them and they're not your type? That's what I said. That was the first thing that I said. I said, if there's no zing, how am I going to want to like kiss him? I don't want nobody that's not going to make my stomach flip. You know what I mean? I want to be able to see my man across the room and be Mm -hmm. like, I'll jump on him right now. Right. (laughs) And still say that 10 years later. Yes. And that's why, you know, so there's that science of energy. We just haven't gotten to that place, but they have been developing more science where you can actually scan and start seeing energy fields around people. Right. It's just like with God, we can't see him, but we know he's there. And it's like when you can tell someone is a bad energy person, you can feel it, but you can't necessarily. Feel- oh, oh, so just because you have a zinger with someone, but they could be mad, abusive, narcissistic. So you're saying that you can be able to scan it and see, see that. Yes. Yeah, so and you're, you're feeling that zing that, you know, because this is the other thing, too. And, you know, we as women and men and it's just the people. There's an addiction to drama, especially in relationships for some people. There are some people who think that if like, especially if you come from a family where that was the foundation and basis of your parental, like that's what you saw. The love language was screaming and yelling and throwing dishes at each other than making up. Right. Because that's for a lot of people. song on Kendrick Lamar's new album. They're oh, arguing yeah? back and forth. F you, F you, F you, B, F you, nigga, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the song, she was like, instead of her saying F you, she was like, F me. And then he was like, I will, baby, blah, 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 blah. It, it was a perfect song of just about the dysfunction in relationships right. and how you're so right. People ruin a relationship because they get so used to dysfunction that peace don't feel normal. They're like, wait a minute, something wrong, child. The fact we ain't cuss each other out today. Uh, No, this ain't normal. Or people like arguments because my therapist said that arguing Mm -hmm. and being toxic in a relationship is still a form of intimacy 
for one of the parties, meaning even though we're still arguing, mm -hmm. you're there. Mm -hmm. You're giving me some type of attention, even if it's just a rebuttal back to something toxic that I'm saying. So I understand we can be attracted to the wrong people or there's like this instant attraction there first. There's sexual chemistry. There's all type of energy. Then before you know, they're like a serial cheater or whatever, whatever. But I was just wondering, yeah. I guess attraction can build over yes, time. Yes. Like, have you ever dated somebody that wasn't your type? And then like yes. a couple yeah. weeks later, you like... You actually cute in your own little gizmo way. You look like a little gizmo, but you, <laughs> but you, you nice to me. <laughs> yes. I feel like that exists, but how long does it really <laughs> last though? I feel like it's a lot easier for you to not be as tolerant for someone that you're not as attracted to, because if the attraction wasn't initially there, mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, their personality kind of wows you and brings you into, oh, well, you know what? He's not that bad. Oh, I guess, I mean, he could, you know, he do got a little swag yeah. on him when you start making excuses, trying to convince yourself that he is your type. And then he does something to piss you off. And now your goggles shattered and he's not that attractive anymore. So how long is it really going to last? Well, that's bad that that happened. And that definitely is a deal breaker in an end of a relationship if your goggles are shattered. <laughs> but I do think that there have been times where I've met people who I'll even go on that first date. And while I'm on the first date, you know, a girlfriend will text like, are you okay? Do you need me to get you out of there? Whatever. Or how is the guy? And I'll like be like, no, with like, you know, 20, 10, 20 O's after the no, like this isn't happening. I'm not into this guy, but I'm going to finish this little glass of wine or cocktail that I'm having in bail. But then I think for some of those that have happened where after the third date, you know, I'm like, this is interesting. Something's interesting. Like I'm an INTJ. I don't know if you guys have done the Myers-Briggs thing, whatever. Mm. So something will click. And then all of a sudden for me, it's all intellectual. So all of a sudden, if they've piqued my interest or curiosity, then it's off to the races. Yeah, but you can peep my mind intellectually. But then when I look at you sleep. <laughs> right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna have tolerance for you farting in your sleep. And <laughs> when you wake up, you you just uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Michelle, get up. <laughs> Do that little so pig snoring. <laughs> oh! <Yo. laughs> but you know what? Let me tell y'all something that happened to me once. That's why I feel like I'm a little passionate about this topic. Because I had started talking to this guy who I wasn't initially attracted to. But like you said, Michelle, he was real nice to me. He was paying extra attention. So I'm like, oh, OK, maybe I could get with this. Convinced myself that he wasn't so bad. I'm like, yeah, all right, we could do this. We go on a date. We have a ball on the date. So now I leave and I'm like, you know what? I can make this work. Do you all know? He hit me up after like, yeah, I think we should just be friends. Like not after I <laughs> convinced myself for all these weeks that I could give you a chance. Wow. And then when I decide to give you a chance, now you don't want me. Maybe he felt your energy. 
It's possible because, and here's the thing, because even though we got along really well and we had a good time, I wasn't very intimate. So like he would like try to cuddle me or like give me a kiss on the cheek and I wasn't leaning into it. It was just like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. let's just, you know, let's just talk. Mm -hmm. Let's have a good time. (laughs) Oh, I have a confession in two since you confessing. So there was this guy was not attracted to him in any way possible. And so some friends like, no, just go. Cause my types, I guess if I have a type, I thought I was equal opportunity, but I don't know, maybe. And you're so right. Every little thing he would do would annoy me and irritate me. One day he asked me for a kiss and I just like rubbed his hand and shook his hand. (gasps) You did it. (laughs) Rubbed his hand. He told me that I act like a dude. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to tell you what. He didn't make me like, I know how to just sit in my femininity. This person didn't make me sit in my femininity because I ain't even like you. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think that you were, quote unquote, acting like a dude subconsciously because you didn't want to open up your feminine side to him? Or were you being yourself and it just wasn't right for him? I do feel like I could be myself, but there were parts where I was, I don't know. I think I started acting like a dude would act if he's not attracted to somebody. Mm-hmm. Very critical, very, you know, now. Okay, so this this is the thing. This person would give me the world. And I'm like, I'm glad you could give me the world. But I'm not attracted to you. What do y'all do? So it was a physical yeah, thing that you were not attracted Definitely physical to. because if I saw him across the street, at Dunkin' Donuts, Samantha. Ooh, and Dunkin' Donuts, I'm sorry if this is going to jeopardize any checks or something, but Dunkin' Donuts is the worst one. Like, you said it. I didn't. I love Dunkin' Donuts and coffee. I do love Dunkin' Donuts. I like that French vanilla, their hazelnut. A glazed twist and a Their coffee. chicken salad croissant, if they still have it. I haven't had one in years. It's really Let me tell good. y'all something. Everything from Dunkin' Donuts gives me the runs. And that's we just go and put it out there like that. Dunkin' Donuts, I can't do. Yeah, she said it. Dunkin', I want my coin. <laughs> I know, I'm good with Dunkin' Donuts. Just don't, Sim, I didn't say it. She said it. Uh-uh. She said she was an unpopular, <laughs> but I said she was the only one. I'm saying, <laughs> even if I saw this person at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, because some people, some strangers you see, they'll open up the door for you, be like, thank you. Or y'all just make eye contact. Be like, how you doing today while you standing in line waiting? And that's it. If I saw him at church, God bless your brother. Good to see you at church. That's as far as communication <laughs> would go with this person. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. But have you ever had a relationship then with a guy who wasn't physically attractive, but emotionally or intellectually attractive to you? And then you found yourself physically attracted. So never, never. Have you ever given a guy a chance though? Have you ever given a guy a chance that wasn't physically good looking but well then- i guess technically this guy she was trying to give a chance it just wasn't there but my question is how did y'all meet because if you're so like was it like a favor to a friend type of thing or like did somebody hook y'all up <laughs> <laughs> see she giving us um visual signals because i guess she's not trying to put it all on blast y'all sorry <laughs> <laughs> That for 500, Alex. <laughs> All your people you meet, Michelle, 
because of who you are, you, I mean, you're meeting mostly by referrals, right? People helping set you up and that kind of stuff. You're not, obviously, you're not online. No, um, actually, I was on an online thingy, but I was like, is this suspect? I don't trust these men on here. So I deactivated it. But not for nothing, they probably was scrolling through like Michelle Williams. Oh, I know this is a catfish. <laughs> probably. I deactivated it because I was like, I don't know. This is too good to be true. Wow, it's a yeah. dating app, I guess, for like successful people. Oh, yes. Yes. You have to get qualified to get into that. I was like. Mm. OK, but see, that's podcast number two. After that, this is part two where we put Michelle Williams on that for a week or two, and then we do a podcast mm-hmm. follow-up. How are some of these men getting on here? But you on it right now? Because I see your finger swiping. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't, like, redo, like, my subscription, so you only get to see so much. Right. That's usually how most of them work. Yeah. It's not very... You have to be wealthy and or famous in order to be on that dating app. Mm. But see, this is going back to the beginning of the conversation, Ooh. especially with Michelle, too, like, she has her own coin. She has her own name. She has her own yeah. everything. So it's like the wealth or the fame is not giving. Like, what else? <laughs> like, if you're butt ugly, but you got a dollar. There's got to be some attraction. I think that's very important. There's got to be some attraction. And I'm also on, like, I just, how can you handle my heart and my soul? I don't want to feel like yeah. the bottom's going to drop out just because you got money. Right. Like, where are you spiritually? Yeah. Do you have a strong spiritual foundation? Oh, so I'm like, you know, I've also been trying to warn these guys too lately. I've been having a whole lot of if he don't feel better than my peace conversations with women lately. Uh, uh, y'all, that's the thing. I've also been having the thoughts like, and it's, it has nothing to do with because I'm 43. I don't want kids. Mm. There's a lot of talk about that. With, that's what I'm saying is all on my TikTok there's a lot of women who are like, I don't want to have children. I think that that's okay. Mm. That there's so many benefits to that lifestyle. Well, I'll say this. When Samantha was talking about, you got to feel better than my peace, is these two thoughts mm-hmm. I've been having. Like, do I really want to be married? And do I want children? And it's not that I can't have children. Because about a year ago, mm-hmm. I had all my levels checked and everything for egg fertilization or in freezing. They're like, you're very fertile. You sure you ain't got nobody right now? You can just make a baby <laughs> with. And praise God for that, by the way. Praise God for that. Because me saying that comment, there are women who desire to have children and they yeah. cannot. Yeah. But these are the thoughts that I've been having like this year. Like, do I want to be married? Or do I want to have children? Well, do I want to be married? First of all, like I said, if you don't feel better than the peace that I have right now or add to it, mm-hmm. I'd be seeing couples and I'd be like, y'all don't even like each other. Is this what happens? Because I don't want I it. I know a couple of couples like I that. I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. Not for nothing. I do want to give you your credit, though, because I feel like women acknowledging the fact that they don't want kids is better than women having kids because they feel like they're supposed to and then being terrible. Yeah. And shout out to my girl Glow. Y'all, she was what one of the very first people I have ever had on my podcast. And she did a post on her Instagram. She's at Glow Graphics. And she was very transparent. And she was like, I know that I don't want children. She is traveling the world, killing it. And just, I put that in the back of my head, like... Oh, that it's mm-hmm. okay. 
It's mm-hmm. okay. Now, I could be saying that because I'm not married and maybe ain't nobody tickled my ovaries. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so. Ooh, come on, songwriter credit. Are you just. But it's real. It's real. As we, as we kind of enter into this new age of what modern life is for women, as women create their own equality and as patriarchy is starting to break down, it is going to question like what is the new social construct for thousands of years? Religion was the reason why and for good reason, because there weren't enough people on earth and they needed congregants and they needed people underneath to support them because religion was politics and it still is, you know, in so many ways. So it's like this whole kind of marriage and having children it just always seemed more political in my eyes, you know what I mean? And no disrespect for Christianity and religion and in those forms, because I got married. I love being married for as much as I was. I love the whole idea of marriage. I never want to poo-poo it. I never not. I mean, it's like if I have an opportunity to, I would, I would welcome it. But in regards to what you had listed down, Michelle, it's so true. It's like, Life is so much happier with just the life that I created with my cats. Yes, I got cats. And so I feel like that's going to be the new area to kind mm. of discover and redefine, you know, because so many amazing women are saying just the same thing. I remember before Oprah had ended her show, she just started to talk about it. And it was, it was right after I had my little daughter and it was all about how hard being a woman, a mother is for women to give up their life in essence to parent the young children. And she was trying to make it okay for women to say, I don't like being a mother. And being a mother is really hard and sometimes very awful. It's isolating and it's very lonely, mm. especially you know, in the beginning, because most of my friends who have had kids, some men have absolutely stepped up and did a great job with helping to raise the baby, but a lot haven't. And it becomes so, so, so emotionally, um, it's almost like a prison. Yeah. It's 24 seven. You can't leave your eye off of a baby for like seconds. You want to make sure their safety Mm -hmm. is in check constantly. So absolutely this whole rethinking of it and kind of bringing it out into the open and for glow to say that and start that dialogue. I think it's really important to normalize it. So, so, so good. People could have those reasons I mean, it could be trauma or like you just said, hey, it's just something I've just lived enough life to know. I don't want children. If women want their dogs and their cats because they feel like they have a peaceful home, that's fine. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. He used to make fun of women. It's just going to be you and a dog. Well, baby, her house might be full of peace. Let me tell you something. The lady who does my alterations, Mm -hmm. she's been doing my alterations for years. So I went to go pick up my dress and she was like, all right, I'm about to close. You got to hurry up and get up out of here because I got somebody to go home to. So I said, oh, she got a man now. But she said, I don't it's not a man. I bought a dog and I got to go <laughs> home and feed my dog. And but she was so full of joy. She started backing out pictures. And I'm like, look, if that's the life you want, girl, go for live it. it. Yeah. You yeah. and your dog have yeah. a good time. Now, <laughs> there are some people, they do want love. So shout out to everybody who wants love and who wants children. But we are bringing light to maybe people that have some unpopular opinions on do they want marriage? Do they want relationships, period? And do they want children? 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that is amazing. And I, the other thing I thought of, because we I can talk to y'all forever, was I think too, Samantha, tell me, I've heard people say, it's not that I've done research, so I'm just going to go off and be one of the ones that say, this is what I heard. There seems to be some truth to it, is that a lot of marriages happened back in the day because women didn't have a choice. They didn't have a job. They didn't have rights. Mm -hmm. You didn't drive. You didn't work. You didn't vote. So your place was in the home. So a lot of us are here. My mother's mother had eight kids and Mm -hmm. she never got a driver's license. I know my dad's mother worked, but I don't know if my mother's mother worked. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but I just don't know if in that time, if some relationships were done out of necessity, not because of love. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think so. I was just having this conversation last night with one of my friends. It was with my brother and his best friend. So it was two guys against me, a girl. (laughs) And we were having the argument dealing with cheating and temptation and all that stuff. And I was saying like, you know, with social media being around, I feel like it's a lot easier for people to cheat or not be happy with the relationship that they have because there's so Mm -hmm. much to compare it to as opposed to back in the day. So we were just talking about that stuff. But I was like, I feel like it's almost like a personality thing because I feel like in 1952, if I was dating and Willie Earl decided he wanted to cut up, I'm going to kick his ass Mm -hmm. and move Mm -hmm. on. And then my brother's friend, He said it like, it's easy for you to say that now, but back in the day, some of them didn't have that option. They needed their men to do certain things. You now have the freedom to decide if you're going to stay or leave if somebody cheats on you. But before they didn't have that freedom. That's right. And I was like, hmm, that's a good point. It was like my mom, she was in that situation. Granted, she was in the old country in Korea. It was that you didn't have a choice. A lot of women couldn't even have the option to go to college. And so it was something that she had to do. And so when she had a bunch of miscarriages in her first marriage, that was something where her life was destroyed and she was basically thrown away and thrown to the side. So like being able to come here and have a new life and then start over and basically have children for her, it fulfilled her self-worth and validation. And it was sad because as I could feel like she wanted so much more in life. But just to kind of, you know, I think definitely women born in 40s and 50s and even in the 60s, it was kind of really ingrained in their heads and really part of who they were to make sure that they fulfilled that, to be considered a woman, a whole woman. So now cut to here with us, we have that choice. And it's like everything kind of tells us it's not normal. But that part of social media I love is that, you know, we do have a lot of people who are very supportive of that thinking and stuff, you know, like you said, Michelle, not saying that we shouldn't ever, we're like, oh, we don't want to have a relationship. We don't want, but I mean, if something happens, it could happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It would be amazing and we'll get each other's mm-hmm. weddings, but it's not our only choice. It's not our only option. And like, at this point, we don't have to be in an unhappy place. We don't have to be in this indentured servitude, or we don't have to have a child to feel like a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh Uh-oh, that's part two. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I want to be married. I want to have kids. Good. But I also want to collect the bag. And I want to make change in the world and actually shift my industry. So I want both. So then in that part two is 
can we have it all? That's the thing, because as much as I want marriage, I'm also not going to settle for just anybody or anything to be married. Mm. I'm going to try to give a little bit of a gem because I've really just been playing around this whole time for the most part. But (laughs) when it comes to my work, I don't play around. And one day my boss slash mentor was talking to me and we were just talking about how hard it is for hardworking business women, especially who don't have like traditional schedules and stuff like in our mm-hmm. industry to mm-hmm. find relationships that work. And she told me, she was like, look, when you set a goal for your job, when you set a goal in your career, you don't let anything stop you from that. Like you go hard in the paint. There are no excuses. There are no distractions. Like you set your eyes on it and you get what you want. And she was like, if you really want a relationship and a healthy relationship, you have to put that same energy into that. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, love will come while I'm going to get this money or while I'm going to get this job or this title. Just as aggressive as I am in my career and with my work ethic, I have to be in my dating life and making things work and finding compromise with men that I do like. That's true. I can dig that. Looks like I'll be single for a little bit longer. No kidding. (laughs) No, you won't. If marriage is what we want, then I'm putting it in the energy in the universe for for you, me, and everybody. Let's go get (laughs) them. Listen, this has been an absolute joy. Samantha and Angela, can we promise to do this again? Let's see how your listeners feel about us. Oh, let's see. Let's see. They're pretty nice. On top of girl talk, at the end of the day, we still are producers. So we're going to be looking at the numbers first okay. before we decide to come okay. back. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, I will see y'all. Thank y'all so much for checking in. And everybody listening, I try to say this on every episode. Please know that you are absolutely loved. Wow, you guys. I had no idea what direction this conversation was going to go into but a lot of confessions were made and I'll say this I'm grateful for safe people that I can say things to and explain things to and I'm just kind of hoping that you who are listening you have the same thing you know like we really really discuss some pretty tender things and one or two things that could be deemed quite controversial at least for me So thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Let me know how y'all feel about me bringing other folks in, you know, kind of like a panel. I'd love to do this again. All right, we'll talk again soon. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long. 
which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in your open space.